We knew he was coming. He left hundreds of messages telling us he was coming. And when he came, we knew he was coming in power and pomp. He was going to come and kick out the flavor of the month invading army. He was coming to set up his kingdom right here on earth, take his rightful place on a throne of ivory. We just knew he was coming in majesty, which is why so many missed him when he came in humility. Gaze at Jesus' life and ministry, and you will see 33 years of humility. It lines both sides of the road from Bethlehem all the way to Jerusalem. Jesus is the only person in the history of humanity to choose his family. A friend of mine was at breakfast one day, languishing through oatmeal and flaxseed, just trying to stay healthy, trying to stay thin, trying to keep his heart right. And his friend is right there across the table at him, just elbows deep in biscuits and gravy and sausage and eggs and bacon. And my oatmeal friend looks at my biscuits and gravy friend and said, wait a minute, this isn't right. Look at you. You're thin and you're eating all that. I'm not and I'm eating this. How do you stay so thin and I'm not? And his friend looked across at him and egg yolk coming down the side of his chin said, choose better parents. <laughs> Genetics. Well, Jesus is the only one who got to choose his parents. Jesus could have chosen an emperor or a king to be his dad. He, he chose a carpenter. He could have chosen a princess or an empress to be his mother. Instead, he chose a terrified teenage girl living in Nazareth, just doing her best to please God and not displease the Romans. He could have chosen to grow up around the religious elite in holy Jerusalem or around the political elite in bustling Rome, but instead he chose to grow up around craftsmen and tradesmen in good old blue-collar Nazareth. Think about it. Have you taken a look at his dozen of Dream Team disciples? Jesus could have recruited his disciples like a college coach recruits players in Florida one day and Texas the next looking for the strongest, fastest, best, brightest, five-star blue-chip athletes. Instead, he intentionally chose a dream team of 12 ordinary men to change the world. Humility lines both sides of his life, all the way from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And if Jesus was clothed with humility, perhaps we should be too. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The Heart of Jesus on Simplify. Now, Jesus' ministry was certainly marked by majesty, but he didn't seek out the king's courts. He healed a centurion servant in one verse, then he raised a widow's son in the next. A centurion who could do so much for him, a widow who could do nothing for him. Jesus touched lepers, held children, saved the adulteress, forgave the cripple. And that's just a short highlight reel of ministering to people who would never make it on another highlight reel. He ate with sinners and told stories of shepherds and seed sowers to shepherds and seed sowers. He could have set up his kingdom on earth and caused everyone poor and rich to bow. Instead, he bowed in front of twelve disciples' dusty feet and washed them with his own hands, hands that used to heal lepers, but would soon be fastened to a cross, a cross that was fashioned from a tree he grew. Think about the distance from the throne room in heaven to the dungeon in Jerusalem where he would spend the longest night of his short life before being bound to a whipping post and nailed to a cross. 
Yet Paul wrote it so well when he wrote Philippians 2. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus shows us a beautiful facet of this diamond we call holiness. Within holiness, there is humility. If anyone had a right to demand his own way and be served from his first breath to his last, it was Jesus. He was and is the Almighty God. He created the men who crucified him. Yet he did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Almighty God humbled himself. That's unthinkable for us, but it's true. It's at the heart of the gospel. The Romans who crucified him did not humble him. The Jews who hated him did not humble him. The Gentiles who misunderstood him did not humble him. He humbled himself. He laid down his own life. They didn't take it. And he exchanged his life for our soul. At the heart of the gospel is this beautiful portrait of humility. So before Paul tells us in Philippians 2 what Jesus did, he tells us what we should do. Paul said, be like him. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation reads, You must have the same attitude Christ Jesus had. What attitude was that? Humility. For us to be holy, we must be humble. If we want to be clothed in holiness, we must be clothed in humility because there is no room in God's church for pride or self-righteousness or haughtiness or thinking we are God's gift to God's creation. At the foot of the cross and the feet of Jesus, there's only room to bow. There's only room to worship. There's only room for humility. Humility is at the heart of the gospel. Humility is at the heart of Philippians 2. Humility is at the heart of holiness. Humility is at the heart of Jesus. Would you join me in praying and asking God to help us to live a life of humility? Not for other people to see, but a life of humility and the sight of God that we realize he's everything and without him we're nothing, but we can do all things through him who strengthens us. God, help us today, I pray, to be humble. I thank you this morning, Jesus. You are great and greatly to be praised. You exampled exactly how we ought to live. Help us today not to demand our own way, not to demand our own rights. Help us, Lord, not to look to be served, but rather help us today to look to serve others. Help us to look for ways we can minister to other people, we can bless other people, ways we can honor you, ways we can bless you, glorify you. Help us, I pray, Jesus, not to be proud. Help us especially not to be self-righteous or haughty or arrogant. Help us, Lord, rather to boast only in that we are blessed to know you and you know us. I pray today, Lord, may your church reflect you, live like you, be like you, be holy like you, be humble. And I pray the world would indeed see the humility we have in us and recognize the humility that you have within you because you are within us. I ask you to help us today to be humble, all for your glory to point others to you and not to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Simplify listeners. I appreciate you making this a part of your devotional life. I sincerely do. I am humbled that you will allow this podcast 
to help you walk closer with Jesus. And I certainly hope it is. If so, please share it with somebody else. If you have not yet clicked subscribe, please do so. That way you'll know when every podcast episode drops. And if this podcast is a blessing to you, please leave a review and let others know about it. It'll help the podcast to move up higher in the rankings and allow others to be able to find it just a little bit easier. If you would like to purchase a copy of Simplify, the 52-week devotional that launched this podcast, you can do so at PentecostalPublishing.com. It's available there in print form, so you can hold it in your hands and flip the pages, or you can order it at Amazon, and it's available there for Kindle, as well as my newest book called 10 Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments. It's available now at PentecostalPublishing.com. You can just search for 10 words, and the link is also there in the show notes, and it's available in Amazon on Kindle as well. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called Do Right Anyway. It's a devotion all about integrity, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. And always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.